0: Kate Orda. Jack, welcome back. Have we ever done this on a Friday evening? We almost exclusively record on Fridays, our intros. Oh,
1: that's true. So, I don't know. I feel like the energy is different tonight.
0: It's a little bit later. Wasn't there a new moon last night? Hard to say. <laughs> Justin says it was a great moon. <laughs> great movie. He oh. meant as in Twilight, as in the second
1: <laughs> feature Shoot. of the Twilight Saga.
0: Oh, that was my favorite one.
1: Yeah, because it was mostly Jacob. Were you team Jacob?
0: Have you? Come on, obviously. You know, I have to say this. Gerardo did grow up with Taylor Lautner. Yes. This has come up a lot (laughs) in our friendship. You're like, this comes up every time. (laughs) Yeah, so that's actually my favorite movie. Anyways. Your (laughs) favorite movie? (laughs) know of the four what's your actual favorite movie mm. i love something borrowed kate hudson never heard of it how to lose a guy in 10 days also kate hudson i've heard of that sensing a theme here rom-com like 1998 rom-coms interesting i okay. think don't quote me on that year just the vibe i got from those movies okay but yeah. they're older. like 90s rom yeah okay Anyways, can you tell me about your Magnolia Wellness appointment?
1: Yeah. So I had my um, initial, like, intake appointment yesterday with Magnolia Wellness. Um, I didn't ask her to come on the podcast. I am building up the courage. I'm going to ask her next time. Um, Or maybe,
0: like... Good news. What? Carter did name drop Friends with Health Benefits at her appointment. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So... It's the seed has been planted.
1: Okay. If any of you go to Magnolia Wellness, mention Friends with Health Benefits and Kate and I. Yeah. Because uh, we would love to have her on the pod and just soak up all of her knowledge. Her being <laughs> the naturopath that we are going to. Um, yeah. So she kind of just asked me a bunch of questions about like my daily routine, my food, my sleep, my habits, etc. And I'm getting a full like women's hormone blood panel. And a micronutrient blood panel and a stool sample, which I know you're really excited for me to do, um, so that we can bond over that experience.
0: It's crazy. You're not. You won't be the same. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really don't think it's gonna freak me out that bad. Did it? Poop doesn't bug me.
0: Yeah. No, me either. But just you wait. Okay. Did it meet all your expectations?
1: I think so. Yeah. I was a little bit. I don't know what I was expecting. So as you know, so just full disclosure, we're going to talk about um, women's health and menstruation. I have an IUD. (laughs) (laughs) And so as you know, I haven't had my period in a long time. And that is not a good indicator of hormone levels. And so while I have been enjoying not dealing with that um, monthly treat. Nuance. I know. Nuisance. Nuisance. (laughs) I do know that that is not good for me so I kind of expected her to have like clear cut like get your IUD out and all be all kind of situation and she wasn't she was like kind of she wants to wait and like see where my hormone levels are at so that was kind of reassuring um and I guess we'll see and then what else oh I also was telling her so you know I have pinguecula
0: no (laughs) I didn't know
1: (laughs) so pinguecula is essentially just like a scar tissue buildup in your eyes from like chronic dry eye and just oh, like I exposure did know to the elements. Yeah. And we
0: both have plugs now. They
1: call it sur- surfer's eye, mm-hmm. but I have it like really, yeah, I do have plugs now, but I still have it like the scar tissue is yeah. still there. So there are these like dry patches. Anyway, I was telling her how it, I know it doesn't make any sense. And I have found zero evidence to suggest that this does make sense. But when I get more stressed out and I'm like experiencing a lot of anxiety my pinguacula like flare up really bad, really, really bad. They like burn on fire, bright red. I look like I'm high all the time. Have you ever noticed that?
0: That is, I've noticed your eyes being because you point them out. And I remember we were on vacation actually once and I gave you the yes. Lumify.
1: Yeah, life changers, Lumify put that in the freaking show notes
0: oh that is that's such a good call add it to the
1: amazon storefront also you guys lumify will brighten your eyes like nothing you have ever experienced it's beautiful you before. look like edited in real life it's crazy like your eyes are so bright uh, originally it was like for glaucoma right i think your mom so. was telling me yeah. they like did studies on it anyway um so anyway i was telling her that flares up because of anxiety i was like i know that sounds crazy and she was like no actually in eastern medicine and then she told me some like word Probably like some Ayurvedic symptom, I don't know, something that basically says like heat in the eyes from anxiety. Like it's a common thing where like heat
0: rises to your head and especially your eyes and like manifests in your eyes when you're stressed out. That is so interesting. She told me stuff like that too with my gut. Like I would mention something and then she was like, oh, that makes complete sense because da 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 is all connected and it leads back like to your gut health. Yeah. And I'm just like, obviously. Right. It was reassuring. Yeah, yeah.
1: It did feel good to be like validated. I'm
0: excited for your results. I think that's when you'll really get hooked. You'll be like, wow, yeah. this is so interesting.
1: Well, already I'm excited. She, um, before the blood, she prescribed me like a magnesium supplement, a B6, and then a fish oil because I don't eat fish, enough right. fish. Um, So yeah, it was good. And
0: I'm looking forward to the rest of it. I hope you enjoy. What's her name? Allison. Allison Wills. Wills. She's the best. I also had a follow up. It's funny the same day that oh, wow. you had your appointment and yeah, it's great. Cause like she weaned me off some stuff. She's like, yeah, I obviously don't want you to be taking a fistful supplements for the rest of your life. Like I, my goal is to like heal the problem mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm like already weaning off of stuff. That's great. And it's really exciting. I do. This is something I wanted to talk about. It's a sharp left. So buckle up. Okay. Kids. <laughs> um, I know it's summer and the girlies are buying swimsuits. They are. And I need to plug Monday swimwear.
2: Oh, gosh. Because
0: it's so good. And I want to shout it from the rooftops. And it just reminded me because your bottoms are sitting right there on the couch.
1: Yeah. Well, I was just telling Justin today that I like Devin was probably one of the first influencers I ever followed like early Instagram when they were just influencers. Yeah. The two of them and their bathing suits were so cheap. And like It was crazy when they were first. And I remember like seeing them and like their bodies are not. They're normal. Yeah. It's a normal ass women's body. And they didn't look like stick thin six foot, you know, it looks
0: like realistic. Like, yeah, that could probably fit over my legs. Like that suit could probably fit my body. Yeah. That will probably cover my nipples. And I feel like in like the past like two weeks, I've gotten like four or five texts about you or one of them. And just like people asking me about swimsuits. And I need to say it on the pod and link it in the show notes because I'm obsessed. Monday swimwear. Well, back to health. Yeah. Back We've to- got a great guest this week. So. Returning. If you guys
1: listened two weeks ago uh, to our episode with Jenna Rainey, get excited. This episode, uh, we take another sharp left and we focus on a totally different topic. So that first episode, if you listen to it, was mostly about business and launching your own creative business and all of the efforts and focus that that takes. And this week's episode, focuses more on health on circadian rhythm and sleep cycles on accessing flow state and theta brain waves um, on food and where to source your food what types of ingredients to avoid and a whole host of other things and Jenna is just a wealth of knowledge and information on these topics and they're ones that we've spoken about on the podcast before but she dives much much deeper into many of them so I'm excited for you guys to listen if you don't already make sure you follow Jenna on Instagram um she posts just like the most beautiful therapeutic little painting reels every day that I just sit there in amazement
0: she's a quality follow for sure she is a quality she follow. only
1: adds to the feed yeah she's a value add in every sense of the word um big fan big big Jen fans oh I saw John today <gasps> he Lucky. was in my strength group I know <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah he he asked about the cameras and and the situation i told him we're forever grateful for his help so yeah the rainies in general i'm sure miles is as well a rays of light yeah so enjoy Um, But this is something you kind of alluded to even in the last 30 minutes or so and that you talk a lot about, which is the importance of living in flow, the importance of making sure that you're fostering creativity through habits that make you kind of feel that motivation and like creative juices are flowing. So can you talk a little bit about your current creative process and how it's changed over the years and kind of The habits and and processes that you use now to make sure that you are staying in kind of that flow state
2: one of my like go-to uh focuses for getting in my creative flow is create before consuming and so obviously uh kind of being in this coming up of instagram and uh it sort of helping produce the business that i have i'm very very grateful to it i'm very grateful to things like pinterest and seeking outside inspiration and like getting the creative juices flowing i completely understand, but there's this, um, I guess, uh, like, I think we're a little unaware of how, um, like infiltrating and kind of like interrupting it can be, uh, to have to have those things in order to feel inspired or in order to get into this flow. And so I mentioned obviously before with being postpartum and having postpartum depression, and then obviously struggling with depression, anxiety throughout random other times in my life. And, um, something that i through the many different therapies that i've gone through i've literally spent thousands of dollars just desperately seeking how do i heal my body first and then it moved to subconscious and it was like okay the book the body keeps the score and like all this trauma stuff like okay where is the trauma stored in my body and i did hypnotherapy and obviously talk therapy rage therapy semitic therapy like so many different modalities of therapies and going to school to study therapy I was like okay talk therapy is the way to go and then obviously going down there and anyways I started uh, going to neurofeedback um, which is basically a brainwave so you're hooked up to an EEG machine which is the obviously the little wires connected to your brain and it's monitoring the five brain waves that you're producing so there's the gamma beta alpha theta and delta brain waves and when you're in your the alpha or theta state of your brain your brain is producing those wavelengths those frequencies of brain waves you are in a state like kind of in this limbo between the conscious world and the subconscious world it's like right when you're about to fade off into sleep and you're visualization is really really active so your imagination your visualization your third eye your whatever you want to call it and this is also where your brain the neurons in your brain are literally like short-term memories are small like not super deep roots or like fires of these little synapses aren't very deep yet and so they're being moved and like changing you're changing the neuroplasticity of your brain So I did this therapy for, I don't know, like 25 sessions or whatever, and they're monitoring uh, or helping you get into theta brainwaves. And there's a lot of music out there that helps you do this and a lot of like different practices. And so up until about three years ago, I would say my way of getting into flow or my creative state or whatever you want to call it was because I have this background in music, I would just put on music that got me into this flow state, or I would open Instagram and I'd scroll until I felt inspired or I'd open pinterest and scroll until i felt inspired and i was like no this is not you know like i should be able to develop a skill that is like something i can just bring out of myself like i know i can get there you, you drive a car and you enter a state of hypnosis uh anyways i think it was him or it might have been somebody else but s- some neuroscientist guy who's really smart um produced this study about how there are at least found the research or found the study that Average human, the average human enters a state of hypnosis seven times a day. It's mostly happening when you're in, like, doing the dishes or something where motor skills are just happening, but you're not literally saying to your hand, "Let's grab this thing and let's start scrubbing this dish." It's just happening, and you're thinking about very vis, like, visual. Your imagination is fired up. So this is like, you got a good song on in the car, and you've passed five exits, exits, and you don't even realize it, and you're just like off in this memory or often this world that you imagined up that is what flow state is in creativity it can happen when you're playing piano it can happen in athletes this is like one of the like most synced up beautiful times in like athletics is when you're literally performing your best but you're not like uh, cognitively you're not really there you're kind of teetering between conscious state and subconscious state so anyways go to this guy in Irvine actually called Dr his name is Dr. Sienna. He's one of my good friends. Actually, I've known him since I was in high school or known of him through his daughter who was in high school with me. And then we've done a lot of stuff together. But anyway, he's, um, he's actually a trained chiropractor, but he also does all of this, like, uh, like neuroscience and like alternative healing therapies neurofeedback is well well documented well like researched on like how it improves autism how it improves cognitive disabilities like learning disabilities and all this stuff and then obviously the mental health stuff like anxiety and depression and so I went to him for neurofeedback and this was where I kind of I I didn't make the click on my own obviously but it just like kind of bridged this like Pursuing of healing my trauma, pursuing of healing my physical sickness stuff, Hashimoto's and other things. And then also, like, being so familiar with flow state through piano and then flow state through creativity and recognizing that it really is so simple. And it's something that we all can achieve every single day, whether it's through art, piano, or whatever, or it's literally doing the dishes. And that has been very well documented. The state of alpha and theta brainwave state has been very well documented as rewiring your brain. But the alpha and theta brainwave state, your gamma is the the initial, they're shorter frequencies, they're really quick. That's when you're really cognitive, cognitively aware, you're firing off thoughts, you're getting tasks done. That's when you want to make sure that you're doing like admin work or you're Like maybe even teaching, I'm producing gamma waves currently out of my brain right now because I'm teaching and I'm, you know, things are firing a little bit more quickly. And then you go into beta and then it's alpha and theta and then delta is like deep, deep, deep sleep. You don't want to be in delta all the time. You don't want to be in any of those all the time. You want to have a good balance, but you do want to make sure that you're accessing theta, theta waves at the proper time because it helps with long-term memory storage and recovery of long-term memory. So this is where subconscious work is really helpful and I've done, and I know we're not going to go there, but I've done some psychedelic therapies and some things that have helped with the subconscious, but then also more like tangible things that I can apply in my life. And now with my creative process where I instead create before you consume is now my mantra because you will there's a skill that you can develop to literally turn on flow state and to get into that healing modality that is art and art therapy is a thing for this reason. Music therapy is a thing for this reason without having to sit there and wait for it to come to you. Like artists or anybody who's in this like creative sphere might be like, yeah, I can get into flow state like once every hundred paintings or like if I'm like really deep But I can't remember anything that I do or like why it's happening or how to get it back or whatever, but that's when you're creating your best work is when you're in flow state and it also happens to be very healing for your brain and your physical body. So anyway, it's now very important for me before I sit down and paint that I'm accessing flow state as quickly as I possibly can and that usually looks like turning off any sort of mental chatter and going into my heart chakra going deeper into my heart and just like what if I created something that sucked who cares it's coming from the heart and then we keep creating even if it's sucking more but we're going to keep going and kind of like try to practice this creating for the sake of creating and then this is also like how it bleeds into uh, relationships and stuff as well Um, but yeah meditation breath work a lot of different like therapies and modalities that I use in order to help me hone this skill it hasn't just been like literally sit down and just paint uh and that's it right. <laughs> so that's not very throw fun some music on yeah, yeah.
1: throw
0: some good tunes <laughs> on that's it what style of meditation do you utilize and are there any recommendations yes. for the people
2: sam harris i love his app waking up obviously i love his books i love his podcast all of the things um, but his app for meditation like newbies like virgins to meditation. This was me like three, four-ish years ago. I was like, meditation, why do we do this? We're just sitting there? What's the point? I'm so, I'm actually diagnosed with ADD. So like, how do I just sit there and like, what? What is this actually it's like a doing? Prison. It is a prison and I'm <laughs> so over head. it within 20 <laughs> seconds in your head. And I just didn't know how to do it or really understand that it's a skill that you develop. So anyways, took his introductory course on meditation And then that led me into a bunch of other people on meditation. But anyways, uh, and then I was also interested in like nitric oxide and nasal breathing versus mouth breathing and all this stuff simultaneously. So that got me into like Wim Hof breathing techniques and breath work and then that. So but for the meditation stuff, my recommendations, Sam Harris, his waking up app is the perfect place to start, especially if you're new to it, jumping into his introductory course. Um, And then he has a ton of resources, a ton of series and interviews and stuff within his app, has a lot of stuff on YouTube, on his podcast. Um, And then if you're another one of my favorite uh, like avenues or healing streams or helping you get into flow more is breath work. Uh, But my favorite, sorry to go back to your question, my favorite um, breath or meditation is probably before working, before painting is a visualization meditation. So like having it be guided or unguided but having some sort of like visualization of like picture yourself at your temple at the top of the hill and you're speaking to la 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 la. and so it's activating your imagination your third eye center so that is also what you're using when you're creative when you're in that state of creativity Um, and so that's just a skill that you can kind of hone in on and develop and use in your life in painting and whatever you know whatever you want to use it for Um, And then. Breath work is also another, like, go-to. I'll do box breathing all the time before, like, when I'm driving, I'll do box breathing. It's probably not safe to do that. I don't recommend. You might pass out. Just over-oxygenating your brain while on the road. (laughs) While on the road. Um, Maybe don't do that. Don't take my advice. I'm not a doctor. But box breathing, you know, inhaling for four, exhaling for four. I'll do a lot of breath holds, um, and people are like, okay, okay, what is that really doing? How is that actually doing anything, but if you, so studying breath, there's this guy named James Nestor, who wrote the book, Breath. Highly recommend, it's very easy to read. It's not too nerdy or sciency or anything, but talks about nasal breathing versus mouth breathing and how you produce nitric oxide out of the sinus cavity in your nose. And nitric oxide is this amazing chemical that our body uses to dilate, basal dilate the blood vessels in your blood and make your blood pressure slow down, make your blood flow and viscosity more how it's supposed to be. And so you're calming yourself down, obviously, but you're also producing nitric oxide. And so um, doing simple breathing exercises and then you have like your really deep breathing exercises where you're moving energy and you're doing a lot more than just producing nitric oxide. But it really can be so impactful in how you access flow state In every aspect of life, but specifically to your question, it, um, is really impactful for flow state and being able to use that skill to create your best work. Love it.
1: I particularly love waking up because like you were talking about the, the introductory courses and everything else. And I love that he's so adamant about forcing people to do the introductory course because every single time you try to just do the daily meditation, if you haven't finished the course, it pops up and is like, are you sure?
2: You really should be doing this. You idiot. We're watching. Read the instructions. We're judging. You and idiot. for
1: anyone that's interested in getting it, it you do have to pay for it. Yes. However, um, if you are unable to, if you write in to Sam Herod, the email's on there. But if you write in and explain that, they accept everybody um, who, yeah, request it that. for free. Yeah. And just kind of rely on an honor system. What a guy. And, yeah. Really amazing. Mm-hmm. So... Highly recommend. He's the best. Love him. Yeah, no, big, big, big fan. Um, So you kind of talked about this a little bit, uh, or at least mentioned the phrase uh, that I've seen quite a bit in your content, which is create something today, even if it sucks. So what is it about consistency that is so important
2: to you? And what's the value of creating things, even if they suck? So for many reasons, um, this is like, so a lot of my students in not only my art community, but then also in the business creative business community for like online classes or whatever, struggle with this thing called imposter syndrome. Everyone does. Um, it's just your inner voice. It's the teacher that you had in third grade. It's the parent that you had that was unsupportive. It's the whatever. So uh, my main work that I've done in outside of my creative work has been how i talk to myself and doing a lot of language work through neurofeedback and through other like therapies that i've done and i've literally had to sit in front of like in a doctor's office and do automatic writing um, exercises and literally just write whatever is coming out and not judge it not like stop and say wait what am i thinking about and it's just literally whatever's coming out And then we look and we kind of pick apart all of the words that are that come up like, you know, interesting how you used this word here instead of something like this. I wonder what that means. Let's go deeper. And so I in all of my coaching with my students um, through, you know, art students or creative business students. Um, it's kind of come it always comes back to this idea of imposter syndrome like I'm not good enough or what I paint is never going to look good enough or like is this good enough should I start a business should I not start a business like what's the point of me having this watercolor hobby or art hobby or whatever like it's just a waste of time and all this just like kind of like circling around negative self-talk and I, I don't know How the phrase came to me, I think I probably saw it somewhere, I'm not sure, but create something today even if it sucks is obviously so simple in how it sounds. And it's just, yeah, create something today even if it sucks. You don't have to show it to anybody. It can end up in the trash, it doesn't matter. But it's that developing of the motor skills that is really, really important. And I get so many questions of like, I've been doing this for three years. Like, why do my flowers still look like this? Or like, I'm still not getting this shape right or I'm not getting this like technique right or whatever. And it really is like once you stop like letting your subconscious kind of come in and that mind chatter come in of like with the imposter syndrome or the negative self-talk, it's really amazing what your motor skills can do because of that hypnosis, that theta brainwave state when you're more reliant on that part of your brain that there's this amazing YouTube video or TED talk, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. She's a neurosurgeon and she studies stroke patients and bipolar and a lot of like that kind of stuff anyways there's this um ted talk that she did absolutely life-changing i cry every single time i watch it but she's talking about herself having a stroke and she was able to study her own brain from the inside being a neurosurgeon who studies strokes and the like how the tumor that she had in her body would make her she would have these like pulsing brainwave sessions of going from really cognitive and being able to remember her work phone number for 2 seconds but then going into this state of like complete euphoria and like losing all idea of what consciousness is and like not knowing where she was numbers were squiggles uh thoughts weren't thoughts anymore and so she could not dial the phone number to ask for help or to call 911 cuz she couldn't in this state of her brain even have thoughts. But then her cognition would come online again and she would see, oh, that's the number five. Oh, yeah, that's the first number of my work office. And she would like flip her arm over to the telephone because she had no mobility in her arms, like with her hips, and would press five. And then it would come back to the right side of her brain. The like theta wave would take over again. And it's so insane that that's like literally, we all have access to that where you do not have that mental chatter, you don't have the thoughts anymore. And you're just in this state of euphoria and like completely losing consciousness and you're able to paint, you're able to create, you're able to create or perform as an athlete, you're able to achieve your like optimal uh, state in this place. But we have so many thoughts, we have so much of this like competition with our minds. So anyway, that was born out of uh, this like frequent question from students and then also struggling with it for myself, just like feeling like. I can't because of this performance anxiety a little bit that we all have now with Instagram especially it's like oh I can't post that because it's not you know quite the way I wanted it to be or the colors don't match or this doesn't look like so-and-so's paintings or this doesn't look like so-and-so's filters that she uses or whatever so um anyway it's kind of like this let's break it up and like really address performance anxiety, inner talk, and just encouraging people to get into as much as they possibly can, that really deep healing place, because it doesn't matter if it sucks, who's it for? And obviously if it's your job, like we want to be able to access where we can create our best work. We want to be able to just create things even if they suck, because that's developing that motor skill that then you can, when you're in that theta wave state, your motor skills are so developed and they're so trained that they just take over and they do it because you've had that practice, because you have those paintings that ended up in the trash or whatever. Wow. Gotta watch that I TED have talk. to watch that TED Talk. It's I mean, life-changing.
1: It's life. Wow. That's pretty incredible. And, and kind of r- reminds me of what like we started on when you're talking about Miles and how we don't give kids enough credit for... What they're able to do and perceive and soak in and everything else because I think about that all the time that like that mental chatter that we have has so much to do with society and like you were saying your third grade teacher or your parent or like whatever the situation is. And realizing that like as adults, we lose access to so many different parts of our brain without even noticing it. I mean, just mm-hmm. throughout day-to-day life, because we're staring at a phone, because we're having, you know, negative conversations with other people or hearing things about ourselves and just these things that happen over time and realizing that there are these other parts of your brain and not only other Parts, but when multiple are able, able to fire together um, in ways that don't throughout our day to day lives, like we're able to access things and do things that we would never think possible, whether it's because like, oh, I'm not a creative person. I can't do that. And I know that's like something that a lot of people have that belief and have that sense of. And when you really sit back and think about it, it's like. But you were like we all were when we were kids like we all had access to that that imagination, whether it was reading a book and be being able to paint that world in your head in a way that's more effective than we can now and everything else. So I think like having those practices and being able to access it even one time Mm -hmm. and and this kind of, you know, touches on psychedelic therapy and other things. I feel like being able to see what your brain is capable of even once like opens up this little crack in a door where you're like, I have to get back there and I don't know how I'm going to do it or what I'm supposed to do. But when you get a tiny taste of what your brain is capable of, it is the biggest motivator yeah, to make sure that you're, yeah, that you're incorporating all of those habits all of the time because you want to feel like that mm-hmm. as much as you can.
2: Yeah. And that's another thing too, that I hear all the freaking time is I'm not creative. I don't draw. I draw, st- I draw stick figures or I'm not creative every single person is creative everyone is we all have an imagination it's just domesticated out of us we have this society that in this structure that's built in a certain way for certain you know like ways or avenues of making it or making money and the way we're supposed to do life and that's like kind of a more recent in our history as humans who have been around for millions of years more recent development is this like stuck in an office we're now putting ourselves in this like environment that we are not used to at all and so obviously we're gonna have these feelings of like I can't create anything or I can't paint or I can't pick up piano or I can't weave or whatever um you know because this is this (laughs) this is like what's been taught as like what humans do is we get jobs and we do things this way and then like creativity is like because i mean creativity gets such a bad rap like starving artist or starving musician and stuff and so anyway there is that whole aspect of it but um creativity is so important i think it should be imperative in everybody's life
0: 100 percent. when you brought up the kids all i could think about was yeah and especially only children like miles like you literally have fake worlds and fake friends that you live in mm-hmm. for most of the day mm-hmm. and then the only times you don't is when your parents are like come on we gotta eat yeah like, like we have to leave in five minutes like, have what's to leave? five minutes? yeah what is, <laughs> what is time what is uva light like uh, right. literally what is mm. the earth <laughs>
2: <laughs> go stand on the world. Yes,
0: go st- <laughs> Mom, i so on the world. Which is so amazing. You know, it's the sweetest thing. Yeah. So, so you're clearly simultaneously an extremely spontaneous, easygoing person, but you run all these businesses and platforms, so you also have to implement a lot of structure. How do you weave those two intersections of your life together
2: hire the right people got (laughs) it um yeah I I I do have so it maybe comes out a little bit with like the health and nutrition stuff I do have this like I think because I grew up with this with from my mom uh like this gravitation towards like analyzing my blood work or like figuring out why cells respond to certain or whatever nitric oxide through nasal breathing not mouth breathing like i have that like bent i think we all do we're just kind of s- suffocating or stuffing it but um and then i have this wild horse type beast. side that is super aggressive very messy you know about this very messy <laughs> super unstructured and like i said it t- intuitively i'll just be like yep we're gonna paint the ocean today and not flowers or whatever <sighs> and um so that is like of my person, I would say. And then there's this like 10% that's like a really like nagging 10% that's like like, details and metrics and analytics and SEO or whatever. So um, (laughs) this goes into what I said about hiring the right people though. I hired my operations manager, Kelly. I got 500 applications on LinkedIn for the job posting that I did within 24 hours. And because keyword research people. And and um, she, I was scrolling through the photos and I was like, that's the one. <laughs> because of her, the way she was positioned in the photo, the shirt she was wearing, and the way she had her hair done, the way she was smiling, her eyes, everything to me told me, this person is going to straighten out your life. She's well, going to straighten it that's out. It's wild. And um, I interviewed one other person before... Uh, No, I had it booked after her interview, even though she emailed me first, but I just knew Kelly was the person. And obviously, you know, current day, modern day, you're told to process things and to have that like logic side come in and actually sit with the decision. But I know Intuitively, this is the person I know if I'm gonna make another decision, I'm gonna say, I wish I would have gone with Kelly or whatever the decision is. We all have those moments. And so I just trusted the old gut And I wanted to just hire her, like, as I was talking to her, I was like, okay, it doesn't matter. Uh, just what do you want me to pay you? I just knew. And anyways, she's changed my life. That's where the structure comes from. That's where all the systems comes from. I had no idea what a systems and process procedures spreadsheet was. I had no idea what, like a debrief spreadsheet for course analysis, like all of these things that are like absolutely changing my business, making, helping us make way more money all and like be way more efficient, all this stuff. It's like Kelly props to you if you're watching, she's okay watching. We love Kelly Martine. Um, and her We're husband, good. Andres, is also, he's like a financial financial and data analysis. He does freelance for us, but um, he's also awesome and has also changed my business. So anyway, that's how. Um, hiring the right people. And not everybody's able to hire, and I completely understand that. And I had to basically do it by myself for five to seven years. And um, it was a struggle for sure. There was moments where I would be checking the bank account, and we had Taxes due, rent was almost due, and printing invoices for clients were due and all this. And I had $700 in the bank account to our name. And so there's been many uh, like literally heart dropping to the bottom of the earth moments um, in business. And then just like working my way through it for better or for worse um, health wise and everything else. And hiring the right people at the right time has literally changed the game.
1: Yeah, it really developing a team is something that I think a lot of people struggle with because of that I want to do this rationally. Like I need to have all the right questions. I want them to do these specific tasks and see what that looks like from them. I want to sit and really think about it and make sure it. So having that intuitive gut feeling, I mean, what a blessing that that sorry, you don't like that word. What a gift that that okay. uh that that happened. Um but I think there are a lot of times where people have a gut feeling about someone they're like I know that this person is the right one for the job but on paper whether it's their education or their experience or whatever the situation is you're like well this is the safe bet we should probably do this and then you end up kicking yourself over it and it's just like going with your gut and learning to trust it I think Mm -hmm. you've got to do it enough times and have things work out for people to really trust it um but it's yeah it's a hard thing to do
2: and I will say like I'm not just having all these perfect connections and my gut is leading me in all the right directions every single time. Like there's definitely times where I follow my gut and I don't ever though say that it's a failure because failures are just stepping stones. Like literally the, you know, I hired, I thought there was a, in 2015 we had this big warehouse with like a photo studio and we lived upstairs and that's was our office slash photo studio that we rented out. And I was like, Oh, we have all this space for just me. It was literally just me. Cause John had his day job still. Uh, to work here. Like maybe I should start a co-working studio. And I just felt like I needed to do a co-working studio. I spent all this money on office equipment and custom desks, which was idiotic. And it was a complete failure, complete failure, because obviously I don't want to spend all my time promoting a co-working office and like finding clients and all this stuff or whatever so anyway there i do want to set that disclaimer like oh wow jenna just has this ability to turn it on and find all of these amazing connections and life is great she's a prophet she just knows yeah many many a dollar has been thrown (laughs) down the drain because right but again i do want to underscore the importance of following your gut and listening to your intuition because even though it is it did end up in a failure it taught me so many different lessons so
1: great. Um, so we're going to pivot a little bit and talk about something that has naturally come up as it does in your content, in your life, in your conversations, and in our conversation today, which is just general health and taking care of number one. So, this girl, <laughs> yeah. So you kind of touched on your mom on her, you know, health uh, journey and yours as well, but can you talk a little bit about? your kind of health history and what initially made you interested in, and take your health into your own hands and ultimately what has led you into being as interested in food in nutrition toxins movement everything else
2: oh yeah so this has been a. I mean it's been a focus in my life for good reasons and for some for bad reasons that i've alluded to but then not bad reasons but just like big learning reasons um but the the old health journey or health awareness health detective what i like to call it was began for me when i was roughly 12 13 years old my mom Was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and she's just always been bent toward uh being big big researcher and like trying to figure out like the root cause of stuff and so we've done conventional medicine allopathic medicine we did all this research like trying to get down to because i've i was diagnosed with Hashimoto's or it's probably started with hypothyroidism which is normally what women get diagnosed with and men can get it too but what women get started or their first diagnosis is usually hypo or hyperthyroidism, and then the autoimmune disease or version of those of hypothyroidism is Hashimoto's. And so I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's when I was in high school, and you know symptoms. One in eight women, for example, have or have Hashimoto's have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's. If you have Hashimoto's, you have both. And then so. And that's the people who are getting tested. So who really knows? I got all the blood work done because we had like, is it epstein bar-, bar virus? Is it mold in the house? Is it all these things like she has all of these symptoms like rage and anxiety and depression on the mental sphere and like neuro um, responses to food and like environment, but then also and mood ba- imbalances, but also hormonal stuff and like gut stuff, SIBO, all like literally everything you've ever heard of is happened Lyme's disease SIBO Hashimoto's mold all the things parasites so in high school it was like we were doing the surface level of trying to uncover stuff and my mom has always been into this stuff because of her health issues with Hashimoto's and um the diagnosis uh for me was a really great like pivotal moment in my health because it was like a finally an answer i'm not just this cranky biatch as a 14 year old where like my friends love me dearly but sure she gets set off if she's like not eating the right way or not sleeping at 8 30 at night or whatever so like it was good to have answers but then it kind of like for the next i don't know 10 years or whatever it kind of got me in this like stuck on nutrition stuck on like being in this like I have to be strict. And then I went to college. And so you have like, I just want to live my life things and issues with balance and stuff. And so like, I've, you know, been down every single rabbit hole with what you eat. Paleo, I've done paleo diet, autoimmune paleo, keto. I've done carnivore diet. I've been vegan. I've been vegetarian. I've been all of the diets that you could actually imagine. I have been on it. I've monitored my ketosis, my ketones through a ketone monitor. I've monitored my glucose. Like I've, I've been so aggressive with my health. It's like, to a point got too obsessive and too, like, mentally draining. And so you have to factor in the fact that, like, it's not bringing me joy to have to wear this thing on my arm all the time and not ever go out with my friends or have things that are enjoyable. And so um, about two or three years ago, I started feeling like the conventional medicine and the allopathic medicine way of, like, healing Hashimoto's was also kind of what I was getting through my naturopaths and through my root cause Mo- like modalities. And I never, ever, ever want to talk bad about doctors at all. I think doctors are phenomenal. Like I, I'm absolutely grateful for all doctors. And I think that they all mean well and they want true health for their patients. I just think that the school is a system and it's obviously taught in a certain way. And you have to, every doctor I've talked to, and I have some good friends who are doctors and have become doctors because I've literally been seeing them for 15 years. But, um, how nutrition isn't talked about, or how like quantum physics and quantum health, how light environment isn't talked about, and so anyway, long story short, it started about 15 years ago with me for in high school or whatever, um, just trying to figure out my health, doing literally lev- uh, like pages and, pages and pages and pages of pages of blood work, very routinely, just to like tweak certain things, add this supplement and add, take out this carbohydrate, take out this sugar, take out this whatever, don't eat this red meat or whatever. And um, still feeling like shit 10 years later, 12 years later, whatever, still feeling, still having the same mood swings, still having, and I'm taking my thyroid supplementation every single day and all of this stuff. So about two, three years ago, I really, really started digging into environment and not just environmental toxins, but beyond nutrition, beyond toxins and actually how your body works. And that led me to circadian medicine, which led me to quantum health and stuff. That's absolutely transformed my life <laughs> and it's very fascinating so I just
0: have a couple questions yes so you said three to four years ago you found the circadian health or no two-ish yeah two-ish.
2: I mean I've always been relatively aware of circadian rhythm type stuff right. and like okay that's cool but like especially in the last year like I a regimented I, yeah taking online courses reading books listening to all the podcasts I can possibly devour and it I don't know why I just have this obsession with like this area of things i could care less like about like math or right. you know how to properly pay taxes that sort of thing like somebody else take care of it but for some reason this fear because i want to feel good and that's the thing too is like we all have this ability to learn and be, be curious we do it's just for me because i was so freaking sick and desperate i think that's what is like the driving force behind sorry to cut you off i think I you.
0: no you didn't cut me off i was just like i'm so intrigued by all of this but let's give the listeners like a basic kind of like five minute advice segment on things you've picked up from this sector of your life. What would your like key points be for them to take away?
2: Okay. So um, obviously nutrition is important. Obviously sourcing where you get your food from is very important quality. And you guys like, I think know about like seed oils and processed foods and stuff and like what linoleic acid does to your body, free radicals, oxidization process in your body. It all, literally everything comes down to the negative charge in your body. So take it back to high school science class when you're talking atoms, protons, neutrons, electrons. When a blood cell, for example, when a blood cell or a blood vessel has a positive charge, it acts like a magnet to any negatively charged blood vessel. That's when you start to see stacking in your veins and your arteries. That's when a clot happens, so when you are lacking of electrons, that's when also when free radicals happen in your body, so like linoleic acid isn't technically bad for you, it's also the ratio of how much you're ingesting through seed o- seed oils or whatever, but it's the free radical it can become that's because it's missing an electron or missing electrons, and it's a positive charge instead of a negative charge. so then you have and this is happening all over your body, and at night, your body is repairing itself and saying it's autophagy. It's self phagy, which means to eat. So autoph- autophagy is what's happening at nighttime and your cells are literally sending out all the armies of cells and saying, go to this area and literally eat away these free radicals, this oxidization that's happening and repair it. So sleep is so important. Sleep is hugely important. And, and this can all be timed and uh, basically brought into a rhythm with sunlight. So sunlight and grounding when I like heard these terms like three plus years prior it was like oh you hippie like (laughs) what is really what is really gonna happen if I go out in the sun with my bare feet on the earth like what is really gonna change with my health I've got these hundreds of supplements and I'm going to all these naturopaths like I got this figured out or what my doctor does and then the more you research quantum health, the more you research literally energetics and how your body is designed. Because whether you like it or not, or whether you're aware of it or not, we all abide by mother nature's rules. We were made by mother nature. So you go, you don't have to tell, you don't have to teach a lion. You don't have to teach a hippo. You don't have to teach a monkey how light works or how the world works or how their bodies work. They're, they're just a part of nature. They're out in the morning getting UVA light, which is signaling to their body that it's time to wake up. What happens when your body is waking up? You're producing cortisol. So when you get sun, it's when the sun is at 30 degrees above the horizon in the east, that's when UVA light starts to produce. And sunlight is literally just layering different frequencies or wavelengths of light throughout the day to perform specific, very specific tasks for that specific time throughout the day in your body. And we're all Every American spends 93% of their life indoors, 93%. You work out inside, you go to the grocery store inside, you sit in your car, you put sunglasses on that's filtering out 90% of the the frequencies from the sunlight. You are never getting those signals. You're like really rarely giving those signals to your cells. And every cell in your body is performing 100,000 tasks every second. So when you are waking up and you're getting the UVA light, which is an hour-ish after sunrise, depending on your latitude, like if you're closer to the equator, obviously it's different further up north, what the weather is, what the season is. And so UVA light is like probably the most important sunlight to get. And obviously ultraviolet light gets a really bad rap in the skin cancer. You know, that's a whole sphere of thought and everything. And there's <laughs> these beautifully like innate uh, wavelengths and frequencies that are built into the sunlight that we just don't get access to. So like infrared and red light is in the early morning right at sunrise. That's really healing for like when you're exposed to too much ultraviolet light. And then when you get ultraviolet A light, you're signaling to your brain, it's time to produce cr- cortisol. It's turn off tryptophan, which is like obviously we think of turkey. Thanksgiving, you get really sleepy. It's really a blood sugar crash, probably. But tryptophan is this amino acid, this building block of a protein that that has a receptor in the back of your eyes that's like a ring-shaped amino acid. And it's it's called an uh, aromatic amino acid. And it's basically there to trap blue photons of light. And blue light only happens in the middle of the day, at solar noon and around solar noon, because it's literally sunlight is layered like the rainbow. So you have red and infrared light at sunrise, and then you get layered on UVA light. But then under that, you're getting orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. And then it mirrors itself for the afternoon. So after violet goes indigo, blue, green, you know, so on. Sure. And then UVA light comes back on the scene right before sunset. And then sunset, it's that therapeutic, relaxing. You're producing melatonin signals, uh, infrared and red light. And so sunlight is literally tuning all of the clocks. You have the suprachiasmatic nucleus that's right in your brain, the hypothalamus region of your brain. That is supposed to be told when to start performing certain tasks, and then it tells your all of your hormones, your neurotransmitters. So, for example, sorry, I'm ranting on this. It's okay. We oh said my god, five minutes. I
1: don't think it's been five minutes. Yet.
2: <laughs> so, get out. So, here's my five-minute summary: Get outside. Get outside, and don't wear sunglasses. Don't cover yourself in clothing. We we wake up. We turn on the lights. Artificial blue light, blue light photon signal to your brain that it's daytime. We're literally exposed to blue light at all periods of the day and at night when we're supposed to be turning off cortisol turning off serotonin and dopamine starting to produce melatonin which is going to break down into tryptophan and let us get into that deep sleep tryptophan when we get the uva light in the morning and the infrared light from the sunrise then is signaled and told to okay it's time to start producing cortisol and then cortisol leads into a series of other things and like of course, we have crazy mood swings and we snap at our kids. Of course, we're having sleep problems. Of course, we're having, you know, weight issues or whatever, because our bodies, the cells in our bodies, are not getting the proper signals at the right time. We're constantly pr- producing day hormones, day neurotransmitters. And anyway, uh, my five minute thing <laughs> turned into. A rant but. it was
1: great no but I think people are going to walk away from that I mean one because intuitively I think everybody understands that the time we spend indoors the time we spend with artificial light like all of these things we're talking about I think at our core as humans we all understand that that is not how we're supposed to live that evolutionarily that is not how humans have lived and so I think it's it's in the backs of people's minds but when you're able to understand the why behind it and hear the words and explain like what your brain is incapable of doing and or forcing itself to do and and all of those things and you really get into the weeds of it then I think people are able to realize that it should be a priority and I think in general this is something that comes up with health and and why I think it's important for people to understand how their bodies work is because there's these phrases like we say blue light's bad for you okay whatever technically it's not It's when you get it and how much you get it and et cetera. And this happens with just in general food. People are like, oh, that's like super inflammatory or, oh, that's going to give you high blood pressure. And it's like uh, people's response to that is, well, doesn't everything, which absolutely not the case. But when you hear these things over and over again and you don't understand the how and the why, then it's not going to be a priority. And it's easy to pretend like it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. So I think the rants are important and the details are important yes
2: but to also give resources too for people who are like okay what did you just say and like how do i actually put it into my life because obviously i said like don't wear sunglasses that's an aesthetic thing obviously it's like you want to be smart in the sun you don't want to literally lay out and charge your bag i'm just out here charging my batteries <laughs> getting the nitric oxide from the sun and my cells are doing all the tasks and then you're fried and you have radiation like right. bad things can happen but it's the integration of like small daily practices getting uva light for 15 to 20 minutes if you can but obviously as much as you can so if it's on your way to work instead of wearing sunglasses on your drive or your commute and instead of having all the windows up which also filters all the light having the windows down and having exposing your skin because you have so many receptors for hormones and all the different functions that are going on in your body on your skin and obviously in your eyes and so just like exposing your skin and your eyes on your way to work or on your way to the gym or to the whatever um but there's two apps that i use to time when uva light is because it'll change every day uh inc- like very smallly small <laughs> patently, incrementally incrementally thank you very petitely <laughs> very petitely <laughs> um and then obviously based on season and latitude but there's an app called Circadian. Um, And it has tons of resources and information and podcasts and stuff. And then another app I use is called Dminder. And that basically is for timing your vitamin D uh, production session that you do in the sun. Because you can only get vitamin D only happens in the middle of day around solar noon. I have to ask, do you drink caffeine? I do, but never after 10 a.m. because caffeine... (laughs) Wow. I know. I, it was really hard. I was drinking three coffees a day, and I still do sometimes drink a coffee or latte or whatever after 10 a.m. Again, this is, like, something that you want to make sure isn't ruling your life. You're still right. the one ruling your life. But it's also... So caffeine, um, for a few reasons, it, it pushes off the production of melatonin. So there's so many, like cascades or like chain reactions of things that you would never go back and say oh it was because I had that caffeine at 2 p.m. the day before or two days before or a week before but on a cellular level like on an, a literally subatomic level like when we're talking about mitochondria and the ATP inside of the mitochondria and how it's like literally your power plant for all your cells and all the functions within your body. Adenosine Tryptophosphate is what ATP stands for. Adenosine is this signal. So, caffeine, adenosine is being, or ATP is being broken down throughout the day because you're exposed to, if you are exposed to uh, sunlight throughout the day in increments. And it's being broken down into adenosine, which is then being broken down into melatonin and then tryptophan and all this crazy, amazing stuff. It's so coordinated. And I don't know why we aren't taught this. It's really maddening, actually how your body works weird. Why not talk about something else? Um, So anyway, adenosine is um, this amazing little energy thing that's being broken down throughout the day. And um, if you drink caffeine or if you're sinking, if you're trying to sync up all your cells tasks at the perfect time, not that you have to be perfect about it, you're waking up with the sun and you're going down with the sun. So I'm in bed, like there's that... 10 to 16 hour once you wake up, get your first dose of sunlight, which it's not UVA light right at sunset or sunrise. Once you wake up though, it's now starting this clock inside of all of your cells. And then obviously in the suprachiasmatic nucleus, which is basically like your air traffic controller. So when you start that clock, you then have an eight hour window of eating and then a 10 to 16 hour window of sleep cycles so you're just following the light and dark cycles of nature it's really that simple but it's so complex when you dive into like quantum health and circadian medicine and stuff because obviously your body is an amazing amazing like computer operating system that's like performing all these tasks simultaneously and talking back and forth and breaking down things and getting rid of free radicals and all this so anyway i'm not like you know nutrition i used to be so aggressive about like I can't eat this at a certain time. I need to make sure to have this like during this season. And that's really important. But if you don't prioritize sleep in circadian medicine, it it literally doesn't matter. You will not achieve optimum health. And like you will have results, maybe short term, you might have, it might take the edge off if you're taking like supplements and you're following nutrition and like maybe certain diets work for you and certain ones don't, whatever. Obviously eliminating seed oils, you're gonna feel a lot better with that but at the end of the day you're never going to be able to achieve optimum health and it's also just this like i want st- to i want to stop the aging the aging the disease of aging like the heart diseases the cancers the whatever before they can happen in my cells and that's not to say i'm going to completely avoid it and i'm being paranoid about it because perfection it can destroy good things
1: I mean, at the end of the day, that I mean, that's what all of this is about, right? It's like increasing our longevity and making sure that we have as many healthy years as possible to enjoy this life and realizing that our bodies are magic and the earth is magic and understanding. I mean, to your point about it, how it's maddening that we aren't just taught this and we have to go out and find these apps and podcasts and blogs and all these other things. It's like so frustrating. And I could talk about our education system for hours, um, but it, you know it's important I think to be able to have these like long drawn out conversations with people that have spent time educating themselves because we're not being educated the way that we should be and so I think a five-minute answer to a question about caffeine is good because
0: it will teach people <laughs> not a lot of people have a five-minute answer about caffeine and they should yeah we exactly. all exactly <laughs> we have to be more like Jenna Everybody's, no <laughs> what would Jenna do? I mean
2: but also though t- sorry to cut you off this is not like Oh, this oh, is Jenna. Of course not. It's two percent changes or two percent educating myself every, you know, for the past fifteen years or whatever. Right. So anyway, right? Anyways. Well, I know this is. I can't wait to see where we go
1: with this one. Oh I, boy! I want to talk about labels, food, food labels,
2: food labels.
1: They're very important. Later. Um, and the food industry, like the education industry, is able to get away with
2: murder. murder yes
1: so there's a lot of catch-alls when it comes to food labels things like natural flavors you know with an asterisk whatever that a means. beavers anal gland not kidding, right. and then and then there's also all these other labels that seem like they're great, like you see on your eggs. It's cage free, and then when you really get into the nitty gritty of it, you find out that that's Indoors, not what you want. to e- the sunlight. Exactly. So I want to hear like your key label red flags, emergency, put it back on the shelf, do not
2: eat that. Oh, uh, well, I mean. Oh, God. so many things to unpack. So, I, I mean, I, I don't want to, I also don't want this to come across as like, you have to be like a mad scientist walking the aisles of a grocery store and you can never have seed oils or you can never have it. I think at the end of the day, all of us civilians have the same goals and passions in mind. And that is to like be on this earth for as long as possible and put our dollar to businesses and local farms and farms that are sustainable and doing like environmentally sound things and also feeding our bodies with what we think is going to feed it in the proper ways and we were just circling back we're not taught how our bodies work and so it's really difficult in modern day to walk a grocery aisle and you literally have to investigate every single label and one of the like i mean then one of the main things there's a lot of things but one of the main things that i is a big no unless i'm like out with friends and then you have to you know uh, balance it out a little bit but like you know is seed oils because i have such a huge already like my inflammatory bank with my hashimoto's and autoimmune disease is already like very sensitive so like i don't want to just buy any salad dressing in the grocery store because salad dressings are really really like easy way to get seed oils um obviously processed foods obviously fried foods obviously basically any packaged food and then so seed oils i'm um, looking out for rapeseed which is canola seed or canola oil and um, just trying to avoid it as best as i can meat um is one of the top priorities in my diet and i know meat has been vilified um especially in recent years and i absolutely agree with the vilification of big farming of big agriculture uh big anything honestly because it's <laughs> well not all things i hate anything big not necessarily if it's big get it out <laughs> rude. i don't want it <laughs> Mm. so you get what I, in this sphere we got a big pharma, all of it yeah all the thi- i mean and and I, with an asterisk with an with an asterisk but especially 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 in the food sphere though i think that there's like this maybe we just don't think about it we don't care there's this comfort crisis of like okay food big farming big agriculture it's a business it's funded there's obviously systems and processes in check where you can't get the organic certified organic labels. You have to list FDA, blah, 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 blah. So there's like some regulatory processes in place. But... Um, I think what a lot of people don't understand or aren't really looking into because, again, it comes back to when you are sick and when you are desperate, you look into everything. So um, anyway, meat has been vilified, especially of recent age in the environmental sphere. And I think we can all agree that factory anything isn't doing anything good for our environment. Big farming, big agriculture, and this means animal animal, uh, meat industry as well. But it also means impossible burger. It also means vegetable farming. It means monocrop farming is absolutely detrimental to our topsoil. And it's basically taking all all the minerals and all the microbes and all that from our topsoil, putting it in the air and doing trash talk with it. So you absolutely need animals in the ecosystem in order to put the carbon back into the soil, which gets me into regenerative farming. But uh, so basically to underscore i absolutely need meat in my diet but i am not going to put my dollar behind uh big farming conventional farming for multiple reasons because of the environmental aspect but also because of the quality aspect like I, the saturated fat the amino acid profile like all of these things are affected when the animal is fed a diet that they're not evolutionarily supposed to be fed like corn and soy for GMO example corn, yeah even if, I mean, even if it's not GMO corn, like they are not meant to be eating corn. They get inflamed. Sure. They get fattened up real quick. It's super efficient for you to make that dollar, but it's living in that tissue of the muscle, the organs, whatever you meet of the cow, meat of the cow, whatever you eat of the cow, the cow's meat, uh, it's in that tissue. You ingest it. It goes into your tissues and into your cells. And so there's a lot of that goes into it but anyway um this is where i get into regenerative farming and there's a lot of really great documentaries to get people started on that like the need to grow soil and the biggest little farm on netflix are really great there's tons of books if you follow sustainable dish on instagram i think her she's uh, diana rogers dr diana rogers she's like one of the pioneers of regenerative farming and informing people it's not the cow it's the how and it's the same thing it's like oh i'm going to be vegan and that's why I became vegan too for a time was because it's the emotional aspect the environmental aspect the like but then you look at the labels of all these vegan alternative foods they're highly highly processed containing seed oils and everything that's in the 50,000 long ingredient list label is processed in a factory in a factory that's producing emissions and all that pollution
0: wait where do you get your meat so for if people want to have sustainable regenerative mm-hmm. meat
2: well if you're local buy ranch direct uh they sell it at firm farm i go to the irvine farmers market they sell there they probably go to other local farmers market you can order it online i think some of it um if you are not in the orange county area uh then you could order from C- crowd cow has some great farms you do have to do some investigating even on in crowd cow because they'll have like red meat that's organic they'll have red meat that is grass-fed but not finished and then and which that's another label thing but grass-fed means they're grass-fed for a time but then they're not fully grass-fed and so at the end of their life they're actually grain-fed um so just and that's really important to me so anyway um you do have to on crowd cow there's one um i know that there's another one that i'm forgetting about that sells online like an online subscription box for quality butcher box? meat. butcher box that's another thing like crowd cow you have to like look at the farm and like choose which one organic blah 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 Um, but i i pretty much always source from by ranch direct because it's local which is also kind of makes the tie into circadian medicine and growing eating food that's grown in the light environment that you are living in and eating locally um and in season is really important to me um for a lot of different reasons but that kind of ties in circadian health but anyways by ranch direct
0: it's good. good local one. Good for the people to know. Great. Mm-hmm. And
2: kind of on that note,
1: eating seasonally and all of that, something that we've talked a little bit about on the podcast is this like, the concept of evolutionary mismatch and how these days, and we've already talked about it today, how we're not living in a way that is in alignment with the way our bodies have evolved to manage themselves. And we're exposed to all of these different toxins, different things our schedules are different, and everything else. Um, So can you talk a little bit about the key things that you do to make sure that you are living in a way that is as closely aligned with our ancestors as possible so that your body is doing things and exposed to things that it has evolved
2: to be equipped to handle? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I can talk about it. Um, Okay, so obviously I mentioned circadian health. Um, That is obviously our ancestors up until uh like obviously the invention of light the light bulb sir edison um and electricity and all that stuff like we are we follow light and dark cycles because we just have to and when you start following circadian medicine like rules mother nature's rules you start to just get really friggin tired at the appropriate times and really friggin awake at the appropriate times and all of that and then um, it come, and it, everything comes down to that. Like I said earlier, like if it, whether you're aware of it or not, whether you're abiding by it or not, we do all abide ourselves. Do at least abide by Mother Nature's laws and rules and tasks that are in place because we're from Mother Nature. And so don't trip this time. Um, and so um, with that, I la- I try to as best as possible. And again, this is like I never try to. It's like this balance of trying to be perfect and not trying to be perfect because you don't want, again, you don't want perfectionism to ruin a good thing. And so I try to go to the farmer's market every week and and eat what's available to me in that season. And this also is economically great because it's supporting local farmers, small farming. Um, But seasonally, you think back to our ancestors, hunter-gatherer, primitive tribes, um, they were eating what was in season and what was available to them in that season. And guess what? Mother Nature designed it to be that way for a specific reason. So if you study traditional Chinese medicine or any ancient nutrition medicines like Ayurveda, um, you'll start to realize that there's certain groups of foods per season. So, for example, if you're in Michigan in the winter eating mangoes in the winter, it had to travel there. It, did not, it does not grow in your environment and under the light that you... So if you're going down to the cell level, little, literally subatomic level, like electron-wise, it's doing a lot of damage there. Minor, you won't notice it, but it's still doing something. But seasonally, for example, summer, the time of year, year that we're in right now, we see a lot of pungent foods. We see a lot of bright foods. We see a lot of like high sugary foods like fruits. And then in late summer, we're starting to see a season of getting people prepared for and fattening up for winter. Um so anyway, I try to as best as possible. Again, this is like the 90 80 20 rule whatever it is of like I want to enjoy myself, I want to go out with my friends, but but I also want to um you know, make sure that I'm eating for the sake of what's going on in the world in my environment. And so um, you wouldn't, for example, this is where I always come down to. So you wouldn't have, our ancestors wouldn't have access to, for example, an almond grove just like at any day, 365 the whole year. But people are drinking almond milk every single day of their lives. And it's processed. And then there's the seed oil thing, unless you're making it at home. But you're still ingesting almonds every single day of your life, whether it's in season or out of season. And our bodies, the cell the cells within our bodies and all those tasks that I mentioned with circadian health aren't supposed to be breaking down the same amino acid structure, the same protein structure, all this stuff. Um, it, it's supposed to be in season. Like it was made, Mother Nature made seasons for things for a reason. And that's, and so I think just simply put it's this is so well documented, but simply put trying to eat in season as much as possible, because it's going to naturally innately give you the best balance of your omega-3s and your omega-6s because it was made in season, grew in season, available at that time, Um, or your amino acids or whatever. So I um, try to eat as focused on local and season as much as possible because, again, it went back to I've gone through all those diets like paleo, carnivore, all the things, vegan, blah, blah. Now I don't care what I'm eating. If it's in season, I know I can have it, and I know it's going to be balanced because I'm then gonna supplement more carbohydrates that turn into fats or whatever at the end of summer because I'm prepping for winter time, which is the rainy season typically for the hunter gatherer tribes. And so they're eating less, but they're eating like fuller, warmer warming foods. And then when you're turning out of winter, it's spring and a lot of the bitter leafy greens are in in season. And so that's gonna activate your gut system, your digestive system. It's gonna waken it up again because you've been in a season of not eating as much as you did in the summer. So in the spring, you're activating your gut and your digestion. For summer, which is when you're processing a lot more, you're eating a lot more, you're like eating a lot richer foods. And so that's why I eat seasonally
0: or try to. Amazing. One more thing for me to just start doing, I guess.
2: (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I know. I was actually thinking about your food as she was talking. But wait, what is your food? What do you mean? My food isn't crazy.
0: It's not crazy. But it's been worse. (laughs) Yeah. She's slowly getting better. Kate just enjoys food. I do too. I really do. I eat a lot. Yeah. Probably like more than you might expect. Same. Yeah. 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 But I eat 150 grams of protein a day. Animal All
2: protein.
1: changes. Wow. I eat a lot. That is really good. We were just talking the other day about how we try to get a
2: gram per pound and that is difficult. Even that's hard. It is a challenge. It's something you work up to for sure. I was like, at first I was like, you I'm must going eat from like 15 grams to 100 grams. How is that possible? Right. Do you eat animal protein with your breakfast? other than oh, yeah. Eggs? Oh, yeah. Okay. Eggs mm-hmm. are a superfood. I always have eggs in the morning. Right. I have four to six eggs in the morning. And then I do. Four Wait, to six? What?
0: <laughs> wow. You have four oh. to six? And yeah, because the choline, the
2: sel- selenium, the protein, obviously. But there's so- cholesterol, there's vitamin A, all of these rich How are you foods. eating them? I need to know. Um, yolk, you don't want it to be overcooked. So I sometimes I'll do it scrambled because Miles is usually up with me eating eggs as well. And we'll do either ground bison, ground lamb, or beef liver. Sometimes I'll sneak in there with beef heart and the ground muscle meat. Um, sometimes we do pork. But again, it's really hard to find good pork and good chicken because they're most all the time grain-fed or soy and corn-fed. Um, but anyway, so I start my diet with six eggs. I will usually do them over four to six. I'll usually, usually do them sunny-side up with the steam steamed to yeah. cook. So that they're still a bit runny because that's when you get the nutrient, like intense amount of nutrients.
0: Yeah. I think my breakfast is what needs to change. It's the most important meal in the I day. I know. Yeah. I
2: know what Jenna would say about your
0: breakfast. She would Uh-oh. hate it. And I, what and it? I know oh, how you feel like about...
1: It's probably exactly what you would think.
0: No, oh. I don't think so. I do. Is it a smoothie? No. 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 Think blood sugar problems. <laughs> okay. Oats. Yep. <laughs> precisely oats and fruit but I, but I put Ceylon cinnamon on because apparently that's supposed to help balance your blood sugar when you need a lot of carbohydrates but I'm trying it's just so good
2: it's hard too I mean that's the thing too like I've said a lot of things right I already have said this too but this, this has been 15 years of making changes I was drinking oat milk every day this was just recent, like three years ago. I was like, Oat milk is the way of the future and it's and then I turned the label rapeseed oil. Oh my god. And it's made <laughs> in a factory and oh it spikes my glucose levels. Like there's all these things that you just incrementally make daily habits and that's what I want to hopefully get across in this million hour podcast is that like probably entrepreneurship, two by now. Probably two million hours. <laughs> <laughs> is that whether it's business, art or health related stuff, you make incremental changes, you change your life. If you get yourself to literally, it's literally just the cost of comfort is all you have to start with. And then you will change your life because like the cost of going out and getting sunlight, it's free. It costs you your comfort to get up at sunrise. It costs you your cool look to not wear sunglasses on your way to the gym or the way to the office. It costs you comfort to like try and investigate nutrition labels and figure out what's really going on. But at the end of the day, like you don't have to be spending thousands of dollars. You don't have to be. And obviously, I'm not saying that you should become your own medical doctor and like never go to doctors again. I go to doctors all the time. But doctors, you know, credentials don't own a monopoly on knowledge. And so I do want to hopefully put power back into people's hands or at least realization back into people's hands that there's like a lot more to what's going on in our bodies and industry and all of that stuff.
1: I think you've effectively
2: done that today. You did it, and I'm gonna eat eggs in the morning now. You, yeah, they're a superfood. Oysters are also superfood and beef liver.
0: Oysters in the morning? You do no, that? don't no 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 no. Oh, that's well, like, like, like
2: my that's like my uh, once a week hack for like getting a zinc bomb. Right, to the, I can't to get behind oysters, but dude, you just slurp it. You just throw it back. I've tried they, douse it in lemon. She garlic. can't even eat like cooked fish. Really. You yeah, think she's
0: gonna eat an oyster.
1: With fish. Raw fish, I'm. You need your totally DHA, girl. I'm totally good with. But cooked fish, difficult for me. Shoot, I'll eat it raw.
2: Have you had really good fish?
0: No, you'll eat don't it raw. Yeah.
1: Well, I liked at River Horse.
0: Yeah, she had. Yeah, and it's in Utah. So <laughs> oh, unfortunately, she's gonna have to fly to Utah for her DHA and <laughs> omega And like omega-3. getting the metal tube. A- oh
2: man. Yeah, in the, the metal
0: tube in the sky.
2: And then we have
0: yeah. anyway. But we won't Sheesh. get into that. Yeah, that's we, there's a lot topic. more. Well,
1: yeah, we didn't talk about nose to tail meat eating. We didn't. There's a lot of things
0: we would have been here until the but, break of so dawn, the, and then Jenna and would, I have, would have messed to, up my circadian rhythm, which we so. can't. <laughs> Jenna would have had to go that's outside. That's the most important
2: to me. Yeah, yeah.
0: but well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys Seriously. for letting me blabber on. Oh, we have one last question. We oh. end
2: every
1: episode with the same question. This is fun, Jenna. What do you look for in a friend?
2: Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that just kind of caught me off guard because we were talking about some. It always does. Things. It does. But That's friends with health benefits, obviously. What do I look for in a friend? Ooh, um, I would say it's different things in different seasons. Uh, right now, the season that I'm in, because of certain friendships that I've been like navigating, the thing that I'm looking for is honesty and trust. Um, but I would say overall, just like an a. A person who's willing to have a silly goose time at any moment and like not take yourself too seriously, I guess. Love that.
1: We love a silly goose, S-
2: silly Get that
1: big stuff away from me. <laughs> Literally, All every- the big things. <laughs> One more if big it's thing. big, get it. I don't want out. it. I don't want it. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Where can people find you, Jenna?
2: Well, everything is my name, Jenna Rainey. Uh, so com is my website. If you're like a creative entrepreneur and you want some like business resources, I have a lot of free stuff on my blog, JennaRainey.com forward slash blog. And then I obviously have online courses for creatives. And my YouTube channel is YouTube.com forward slash Rainey channel. My Instagram is Jenna Rainey. Uh, What else do I do? That's it. If you are happening to wander staples, you might see my planners out there.